Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Right now, we have Dr. Ken Turner. How are you today? Doing great. Doing great. How are you doing? I am doing wonderful. It's a beautiful day out there. It is great. Yeah, other than it was a little chillery this morning again. Yep. So, but what have we got that we're talking about today? Well, you know, there's some good guys that were kind of bad, and there's some bad guys that were kind of good, and I'm going to talk about a bad guy that was pretty much bad. Ooh, but, all right. But, uh, you know, the gunfighters as portrayed in the movies, the television screen, the dime novel popular folklore is pretty much a myth oh really Uh, yeah the drama of two gunslingers meeting in the street at high noon the lightning fast draw the roar of the exploring powder the impact of the bullets the crumpling of the body those really didn't happen very very little if any i am totally dashed yeah and you know the carrying the, the gun clear down on their hip uh, clear down on their leg that they didn't carry them there either so oh really yeah so you know there were shootouts and a lot of card games erupted into violence uh, guns flashed people died uh, unfortunately uh, a lot of times it was an innocent bystander that caught the bullet hmm. so you know these opponents were not gunmen in the accepted sense of the word nor were they uh, really good with a gun really uh, a bona fide gunfighter rarely let himself be drawn into this type of trouble Instead, he sought the percentages and drew his weapon when the odds were on his side. So, most shootings actually took place between cowhands, farmers, businessmen, drifters, men usually under the influence of liquor, and a lot of times not even professional gunmen, as, again, as movies in Hollywood would have us believe. Yeah, I think liquor had a play in a a lot of things. (laughs) You know, but the term gunfighter did not even exist 100 years ago. In fact, newspapers referred to such characters as gunmen or shooters. So really? Gunfighter and gunslinger are actually modern terms cranked out by Hollywood and fiction writers. So there's another uh, myth that you can stick away there. But, you know, and the fast draw is a modern thing. It did not exist in the so-called Wild West. In the period between the late 1860s and the early 1890s, when there were supposedly a lot of gunfighters, few towns had been terrorized by roving outlaw gangs, and almost none had ever even seen a gunfighter. Uh, again, movies would have you believe that it happened every week it, in every town in the yeah, Old West. all the time. So, But, you know, practically all towns west of the Mississippi had laws against carrying weapons. And people ignored these ordinances, but nevertheless, they kept their six-shooters out of sight. So, a gun was either tucked inside a belt, uh, slung from a shoulder holster, holster, or in a pocket, and gunmen dressed about like everybody else. They wore city clothes. And again, he wasn't the typical dressed in black, you know, with a ah. uh, mean look on his face uh, but uh, they never worried about uh, blinding speed but they got the advantage by drawing and shooting when their exp- their opponent least expected it so those who did wear belt holsters invariably rode them high on the hip where it was more comfortable and not the the, the term hog leg is still uh, wearing it down on the leg is still mm-hmm. not accurate so but, you know, revolvers in the, in the Old West were not reliable, uh, but they were fairly accurate and reasonable during uh, when they're maintained properly. 
But the most popular weapon was the Colt single action 44 or 35 with the four or three quarter inch barrel and a black rubber grips. A popular name for the Colt 45 was the Peacemaker. And uh, it was single action model. Uh, they also call it the Thumb Buster <laughs> because if you got your thumb in the way when that hammer came back. It was or, nasty. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they had to be cocked by pulling the hammer back before firing. And this was done by using the second joint of the thumb. Uh, a careless handler often received a broken thumb or shot himself in the leg or the foot. Because it was in the process of pulling yes. the trigger back. And I think that even happens today occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to talk about a, a guy that uh, he he was referred to as Wild Wolf of the Washita. Wild Wolf of the, of the, of the Washita. His name was Clay Allison. Now, I'm going to bet that there's not very many that have heard of this guy. So, I would think you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's not a Jesse James or Billy the Kid, but... If ever a psychotic, deranged gunman lived, that man had to be Clay Allison. Uh, little is known in the in uh, Western bloodletting about what he did. Uh, no one has ever written a reliable, definitive biography, and perhaps that's because there's so much killing that parts of it would be unbelievable. So anyway, Allison claimed Tennessee at his home. Uh, he was born in 1840. He might have spent his life as a dirt farmer had the Civil War not come along. Now, though his record, uh, service record is kind of sketchy, he gained a lot of experience in killing, and he liked what he learned, which is not good for the people he met. But uh, scouting and spying, uh, in those days, he, that seemed to be what he liked to do. And the story goes that uh, the Federals captured him and sentenced him to be shot. On the eve of his execution, he murdered a guard and escaped. So that's the kind of guy we're dealing with here. Well, I think that if I were going to be executed, I think I'd try to get away, too. I mean, you know. Uh, Well, I guess that's a good point. Yeah. (laughs) Well, anyway, the Confederate Army said Allison uh, had an erratic mental condition dating back to a head wound he received in his youth. The Tennessee Light Artillery described him as a suicidal and as suicidal and discharged him so that's going to tell you a little bit if they if they don't even want him yeah <laughs> so yeah because they kind of took everybody yeah they did so uh do you want to take a little break right here yep this, this might would be a be good a spot great time to take a break i appreciate that uh child's world locally owned for 13 years in downtown burley wonderfully very affordable birthday gifts Gift wrapping is free. They carry many styles of blessing and baptism dresses along with white shirts and boys' suits up to size 20. They have quality strollers, car seats, walkers, beds, along with bedding. Anyone who needs Cherokee or Dickie scrubs, they can find those at A Child's World. And if you've got questions on how to put that car seat in that car, I'm sure they can help you out with that. There's a stupid commercial on the the air right now playing about which way to put their kid in a child car seat. Are they rear-facing, down-facing? Well, I never heard of such a thing. Anyway, Child's World can help you out with that. An ambulatory service center or surgery center has been providing very professional care along with major cost savings, and they are located on Highland across from the hospital in Burley, and you can have life-saving uh, colonoscopies done, hand and foot surgery, tonsils taken out if that's what you need, ear and sinus surgeries, dental procedures that require anesthesia. They can do cataract and eye surgeries, knee ar- um, arthroscopes, scopes. I'm not a technologist, I can tell that. Uh, just to name a few. 
And you can call for an appointment with Ambulatory Surgery Center at 677-8888. And Doctor History is brought to us by Minicasia Cells at 1321 East Main Street in Burley, across from the airport. They are our sponsor for Doctor History. All your wood and remodeling, western windows, all your shingles, good quality and carpet. Zach and the crew are there to serve you. Back to Dr. History. Okay, we're talking about Clay Allison, uh, nicknamed Wild Wolf of the Washita. Okay, so he's <laughs> been discharged, and he took his medical discharge and simply enlisted in a unit which didn't care if he fought calmly or in a blind rage so long as he fought. Hmm. Well, he went west following the war. He went to Texas where he and another man got involved in an argument. Reportedly, they dug a grave each agreeing that they would uh, strip down, jump in the grave, and fight to the death with boy knives. Oh, my gosh. Now, <laughs> however, That's not real smart. No, uh, anyway, common sense or the lack of a suitable day kept delaying the showdown until both men finally kind of dropped the matter. Uh, I think they both thought, yeah, that was pretty dumb. Yeah. Anyway, so... Allison went to see some uh, cattlemen, uh, loving and good night, uh, about a job. So the two cattlemen uh, put him to work as a trail herder. Two weeks later, as they passed a small town, Allison, who had been drinking, rode down this main street, again, wearing nothing but a sombrero, boots, and a gun belt. Well, oh the, sher- <laughs> the sheriff tried to arrest him for indecent exposure, but Allison gave the officer what they call a strong smell of a smoking gun barrel, and the sheriff changed his mind. Uh, who really would want to uh, approach somebody like that, I mean, really? Yeah. <laughs> you just hope he falls <laughs> off his horse. Yeah. So anyway, his antiques earned him the nickname of Wild Wolf of the Washita. So now we're here we are, 1870, uh, he's in New Mexico, and actually established a small ranch. Uh, before long, he came in contact with a guy by the name of Chuck Colbert. And this guy was a widely known, kind of a desperado, uh, not a good guy. Seven notches on his pistol, so not a good guy. So the nature of their disagreement is unknown. It is enough that both men enjoyed their reputation and... Like little boys playing King of the Hill, they decided that only one could stand on top. So there's a little ego battle going on right here. Anyway, um, Colbert wanted Allison to be notch number eight, and Allison wanted Colbert to be notch number one. So anyway, so here they are. The two spent a day together racing horses, and that evening went to a hotel for dinner before settling down to the more serious business. Well, as they ate, Colbert became over-anxious. He slowly eased his revolver out of its holster, nonchalantly raised it from under the wooden table, and with a big smile of victory, he pulled the trigger. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamins. The ingredients are 100% traceable, 
It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. But he did not lift the gun up far enough. Oh, you got to be kidding. The, the bullet struck the table edge and ricocheted across the room instead of going straight. Oh, my goodness. So Allison, being a little more calm and deliberate, shot Colbert squarely between the eyes. When asked why he didn't kill his man earlier, Allison replied that he did not wish to send Colbert to hell on an empty stomach. Oh, well, <laughs> so courtesy there. Yeah. Anyway, of course, you know, not all of Clay's victims died by the gun. He actually lynched a few just to break the monotony. Oh, well, yeah. yeah nice guy. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, he's in New Mexico, and uh, there was a guy named Charles Kennedy, uh, a man who had murdered miners and travelers who stopped at his cabin for a night's lodging. So this Charles Kennedy was a bad guy. Now, Allison happened to be with the posse that brought Kennedy in. Now, as far as Allison was concerned, the man had already been tried and found guilty. A few dark nights later, he and several friends took the murderer to the town slaughterhouse and hung him. So here's a guy that uh, played on both sides of the law, uh, vigilante. Whatever suited his fancy. Yeah. Now, not long afterwards, a Methodist minister named F.J. Tolby uh, was brutally slain. Rumors implicated a guy by the name of Cruz Vega. Now, since Vega understandably could not recall what happened, he, no, you say, no, I don't know. I don't know anything about that, right? So Allison and his trusty friends threw a rope over a pole and assisted Vega with his faulty memory. After being hoisted up and down a few times, Vega's memory substantially improved. Enough a way to implicate, uh, anyway, to implicate another man. However, as he was already up in the air, the vigilantes, the vigilantes rode off and just left him hanging there. <laughs> so, well, while you're here, why the heck? You yeah, know? you know, you told us what we needed. Uh, you helped him. That's why torture does not work. Goodbye, you know. Yeah. But Vega was not without friends. Uh, there was a guy named Pancho Grigo who vowed to kill Allison in retaliation. So Grigo was friends with Vega, and, and he was going to find Allison and kill him. But Clay, when he heard this, he merely smiled. He bought the man a drink, then steered him over into a corner of the bar room and shot him dead. You're going to get me. I'm going to get you first. Yep. yep. Okay, gotcha. So, so this killing in 1876 prompted Governor Samuel Axtell to place a $500 reward on Allison's head. And when no one, especially the local police officers, tried to collect it, uh, well, they just wouldn't. They, they knew what kind of a guy they were dealing with. They didn't want to go after him. Yeah, I'm not going to go after somebody who's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah they don't pay me enough. Yeah. You know. Anyway, the, the authorities finally had to do something when Allison murdered three soldiers of the 9th Cavalry. Now, even then, Sheriff Reinhardt wouldn't move without plenty of protection, and he found it with a detachment of soldiers whom he organized into a posse, and they quietly arrested Allison. So now he's finally caught. Well, Allison went to trial. The charges were dismissed for lack of evidence. What? And well, yeah, you don't have any witnesses. Everybody's dead. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and, you, and who's going to stand up and say, yeah, yeah. he's guilty? Anyway, uh, not long thereafter, in fact, three days before Christmas, 1876, Clay and his brother John were celebrating the holidays in Colorado, 
Both of them were full of Christmas cheer, and that <laughs> evening they were at a dance, and witnesses that were there said the brothers were rude, they were insulting, they kept stepping on other people's feet. Well, uh, I think that's kind of normal at a dance, well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but I, I think they were a little more uh, oh. vigorous uh, in their insulting manner. But anyway, Constable Charles Farber and two deputies armed themselves with shotguns and started shooting as soon as they entered the dance hall. John Allison, the brother, his back turned, went down first, but survived his wounds. Now, from across the room, Clay shot the constable four times, which instantly killed him, and he chased away the other officers. Now, later, he submitted to arrest primarily because his brother needed medical attention. So he couldn't just go off and leave him. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least he had some scruples. Yeah, take care of his brother. So, okay, here we go. So the trial eventually came up, and guess what? No witnesses. <laughs> You've got a dance hall full of people, but... Nobody no, saw. Nobody <laughs> saw him do that. So... Anyway, Farber's death may have been Allison's last killing. He actually married, he fathered two children, and gradually moderated his behavior. Sometimes, however, the old bravado still flared, like the time in St. Louis when he threatened to kill a man whom he did not even know. So he's, you know, even though he kind of simmered down. The itching was still there. He was still a, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, though it may have been and probably was idle boasting, the threats got back to the man. Without saying who he was, he sidled up to the gunman and began idle conversation. Well, when Clay just as casually reached for his pistol pocket, the stranger knocked him down and beat him so unmercifully that Allison decided maybe he wouldn't kill him after all. Oh, kinda wow. Talked, kind of talked him out of that. Yeah. So, and on another occasion, uh, Allison saw a dentist for a toothache. But the nervous doctor extracted the wrong tooth. <laughs> now, you can imagine, Allison was not happy. Wow. He was pretty, pretty upset. Not too many people would be. Yeah. Well, he shoved the dentist into his chair, jerked out one of the doctor's molars, and was busy pulling out another one when some people stopped him. Oh, my goodness. Now, that could make you a little spooky to be in a dentist yeah. uh, to an outlaw. But. You know, all men have to go sometime, and Allison's demise was as ironic as it was inglorious. He'd actually purchased a ranch near Pecos, Texas, and gone to town for supplies. Now, on his way home, he foolishly stood up to whip the horses. So he's on this wagon. So picture this. He's standing up, <laughs> and as the horses lurched forward, yeah. a sack of grain tumbled from the wagon. Now, in grabbing for it, Allison fell also. The heavy wheels rolled over his neck and back and broke his back and his neck. And the wild wolf of the Washita was dead at the age of 47, July 3rd, 1887. Hmm. It always amazes me that a lot of these people died young, but all of the things that they did during that time frame is pretty amazing. It is. And uh, when you think of the older gunmen mm -hmm. those are not too plentiful no they're not no uh you know you think about and again we always come back to good old butch cassidy and you know was he really killed uh or did he die down in, in california South, or wherever yeah, or, yeah. you know and, sun valley <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> there's there's lots of stories about about him and jesse the james mm -hmm. and you know were they really killed or they was it a fake thing so they could get away you know get away yeah and, so they could change their lives and yeah. live it out yeah yeah yeah. But uh, the old gunslingers of the Old West, you know, I uh, 
to really see it as it was is not really the way Hollywood depicts it. Right. So, right. you know, love John Wayne and all those guys, but <laughs> yeah. not quite accurate. But anyway, that's so that's that's the story of Clay Allison. That is really and, interesting. And if somebody else has heard about him, uh, send me a note on my webpage. Cause and your I, webpage is? Dr-History.com. Dr-History.com. Yep. Yeah. All right. And I'll, so people can listen to these over and over, can't they? Oh, yes. There's probably over 100 uh, stories on there right now on Dr-History.com. And being Summers here also, uh, a few years back I made a CD mm-hmm. that uh, takes you from the town of Burley the museum up through Declo, mm-hmm. Elba, Almo, the City of Rocks, over to Oakley and back to Burley. And I tell stories and uh, there's a map and you turn it off and on as you listen to that. And you can get those at the museum or at the Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. Yeah, that and that's great history from just here locally. Yeah, it's, and explains why and what the loop is. And right, it's and kind uh, of you know, I talk about the Alamo Creek massacre, the yeah. uh, last stagecoach holdup in uh, in uh, Idaho. Uh, one real quick story I'll tell that it's on there. Uh, okay. Uh, back in the days of prohibition, up in Oakley, they used to take the uh, liquor and put it in the bank vault, and <laughs> uh, when it, it was time to get rid of the evidence, uh, they just destroy it so one uh uh, winter evening it was a light snow uh the sheriff and the judge took a couple of cases of liquor out in the alley and started emptying the alcohol into the snow and a few people started watching and looking and pretty soon a little crowd gathered and uh uh, pretty soon people started making snowballs the difference is these snowballs were eaten. They weren't thrown. That was when shooters were invented. <laughs> and a note said that a good time was had by all. Oh, you think? <laughs> yeah, just another story. They, they didn't worry about yellow snow, I take it. No. I guess they had a good time. <laughs> they would have. 